broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Yeah, Jerry, there's really nothing I can tell you at this point. Uh, you know, all the Raider business is going to stay with the Raiders. And when it comes time to announce a transaction, we will. Uh, I'm a big believer that all those things should be handled between the team and the player, and therefore I can't confirm or deny anything. That is the voice of Raiders general manager Mike Mayock uh, speaking today to the media uh, from the uh, Raiders headquarters here in Henderson, Nevada, which is exactly where I am broadcasting from today uh, at the beautiful team facility here in Henderson, which, oh, by the way, right next door – is a, uh, a new complex that's being built. Uh, it will be the training facility uh, for, the L- for the Las Vegas Aces, uh, the WNBA team that Raiders owner Mark Davis uh, re- recently purchased. It's also going to be a, um, the site of uh, an academy uh, that Mark Davis is putting together. It's the Al Davis Eddie Robinson Academy. Uh, which is, uh, you know, the Raiders uh, Academy that they're putting together uh, to help push the cause uh, of minority um, hiring uh, in the NFL and elsewhere. And and as the uh, days and months uh, go on, we're going to talk more and more about both of those projects uh, and and what Mark Davis uh, has in mind and has in store uh, for all of those. And I have a sneaky suspicion that Mark Davis might be joining us on the show uh, at some point here pretty soon. I'll keep you guys all posted on that. But today, uh, the big news was Mike Mayock, the Raiders general manager, speaking to the media. Now, normally this time of year, um, actually it would have been last week sometime, but right around this time of year, uh, the teams uh, across the NFL make their coaches and general managers available. We're all usually in cold, blustery Indianapolis uh, for the NFL scouting combine. That's where everybody kind of congregates for about a week or so uh, as all the, the top players that are going to be in the uh, draft in April uh, gather to be assessed, to be evaluated, interviewed, have their medicals, um, you know, uh, gone over with a fine-tooth comb. Um, they get it to get out there on the field. They get to talk to teams individually, uh, casually, and sometimes set up. And it's a, it's a big meeting place. And uh, at, it's at that point that we as reporters in the media get to talk to people like Mike Mayock and John Gruden. Um, that obviously didn't happen this year. Uh, COVID-19 continues to uh, wreak havoc a little bit. It's getting better, uh, hopefully, but uh, as a result of COVID-19 and all the precautions that are being taken, uh, it just didn't make sense uh, to have a scouting combine this year. So in lieu of that, the Raiders made Mike Mayock available today uh, to talk about the state of the Raiders as it relates to or as we approach March 17th, which is the beginning of the new league year, which is also the beginning of all new business, 2021 uh, team business, free agency, uh, the draft, getting under the salary cap, um, adding players, subtracting players, all of those things uh, get done uh, in a couple of weeks. And so the general manager and the coach typically talk to the media uh, in order to, um, you know, not give away the blueprint, obviously, although we would love to hear it all, of course. And that's what we're trying to do as journalists, ask all the pertinent questions to try to get all the pertinent answers, knowing full well that there's no way that Mike Mayock is going to throw his cards out on the table, nor should he. Uh, But there are some things that are are percolating and are happening um, right now as we speak. And while Mike 
um, you know, wasn't uh, entirely, you know, he wasn't going to uh, uh, um, let everything out uh, of the bag right now. And, and there's a couple of reasons why. And specifically as it relates to the quote that we heard from Mike Mack, he was talking about Gabe Jackson, uh, who there are reports out there. Uh, is soon to be released uh, by the Raiders, uh, which is would be a huge blow, um, a significant blow. Gabe Jackson played uh, on top of his game again last year as he normally does. Uh, it's it's playing right guard. Uh, he's he's a, a staple in the Raiders' offensive line, along with Trent Brown, uh, the right tackle, and we'll get to him in just a second. Uh, but Gabe Jackson represents a lot of stability, a lot of talent, a lot of dependability, a lot of veteran leadership. Um, on the right side of the Raiders' de- uh, offensive line. And uh, unfortunately, it looks like he might not be back next year based on some reports that are out there. Mike Mack, uh, as you heard him say, um, isn't going to den- uh, you know, deny or confirm anything right now. He likes to keep those type of things in-house, uh, communicate directly with the player um, so that it's all above uh, ground and everything like that. And, uh, and, and I respect him for that. There's no question about it. But it lo- sure looks like, and it sure sounds like Gabe Jackson – um, will not be part of the team next year. And by the way, you're in the huddle uh, with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, Lincoln is spending some time with the family this time of year, so he will be back uh, sooner rather than later. So until then, uh, you got me, uh, Vinny Bonsignor. I cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, uh, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday and here's the thing about Gabe Jackson. Uh, as much as that loss hurts and as much as the, the Raiders are going to have to obviously have a plan um, to, to, to fill that hole, and it is a massive hole. There's no question about it. Gabe Jackson is a quality, quality NFL guard and, a, like I said, a staple uh, along that offensive line. But the reality of this situation is – Uh, That salary cap is no joke. It never is, uh, really, uh, from year to year. But from year to year, it typically goes up uh, in terms of the threshold, what you're able to spend, how much money you have under the the salary cap. Uh, But this year, uh, COVID-19 rearing its ugly head again, uh, wreaked havoc uh, on revenue. And the salary cap, as we've explained uh, plenty of times, most fans understand this, the salary cap is predicated on the 48% cut that players get from all of the revenue that's generated the season before. So whatever was generated in 2020, uh, the NFL counts every single penny that comes in as revenue, uh, and then they take that 100% of revenue and they you know, cut off 48%, and that goes toward players' salaries. Now you divide that 48% by 32 NFL teams, and that is how the salary cap is typically set. Well, uh, you know, unfortunately, there weren't fans in the stands last year, so uh, there there are a lot of revenue streams that um, the NFL normally counts on and relies on and utilizes uh, in terms of you know counting up that revenue that wasn't available this year. So as a result of that, the salary cap for the first time in decades is actually going to go down uh, this year uh, for the first time, and so uh, it's probably at at the very least. It's going to be $18 million less than it was last year. Right now, the floor uh, that has been set by the NFL and agreed upon by the NFL Players Association is $180 million. Uh, That's down $18 million from last year's threshold of $198 million. I don't expect it to come in at $180 million. I think it's going to be slightly above that. To what extent, we still don't know. We're going to get that information here uh, hopefully within the next week or so. And at that point, Mike Mayock is going to know how much money uh, uh, or what the Raiders are, are really dealing with. Um, and I say that because 
as of right now, uh, if the salary cap were to be $180 million, based on the commitments that the Raiders have on the books as we sit here right now for 2021, they would be about $13 million over the salary cap. And before you freak out, uh, there's plenty of ways to get under or, or, or to, or, or to, to uh, mitigate that or, ch- or, uh, or, or work the roster and work the salary cap or work the, what you have in terms of commitments for 2021 uh, to reduce that drastically. So uh, that $13 million that the Raiders are over the cap could very well be 25 to $30 million under the salary cap. But that's going to require doing a lot of work and maneuvering and either cutting players, trading players, or restructuring the contracts of players. Um, Gabe Jackson, who uh, reports are out there, is soon to be released. Will save the Raiders uh, or, cre- or uh, you know create in terms of salary cap relief nine point seven million dollars. Uh, that now, if it's no longer on the books, uh, that obviously takes that thirteen million dollar number down quite a bit by nine point seven million dollars. Uh, so. Unfortunately, because of the situation, and this is going to be across the league, there's plenty of Gabe Jacksons that are out there uh, that are making that kind of money, that have that kind of service time in, that provide that kind of play, that level of play, uh, that are sitting around right now uh, wondering if they're going to have jobs within about a next week or two uh, for next year on the current teams, on the teams that they're on. Gabe Jackson is going to find a place to play. Um, you can rest assured that maybe it's with the Raiders. Maybe there's a reconstruction, uh, you know, restructuring of the contract. Uh, maybe when he gets out on the open market, um, he, he like comes back to the Raiders, uh, you know, figuring out what his cost is out there or what his value is out on the open market. Uh, maybe he realizes, Hey, I could get the same amount and stay in Las Vegas and continue to play for the Raiders. We'll see. Uh, but as of right now, it looks like he's no longer going to be uh, around, at least at $9.7 million. We mentioned Gabe Jackson, but it also there was a lot of talk today in talking to Mike Mayock about Trent Brown. Uh, Trent Brown plays to the right of uh, Gabe Jackson uh, and is slated to make $14 million next year. It's not guaranteed, and that's a key distinction because, as is the case with Gabe Jackson, who the Raiders can walk away from without any kind of penalty to their salary cap in terms of taking a hit for walking away uh, from the player. Uh, That's the same case with Trent Brown. Uh, He's owed $14 million, or he's on the books for $14 million, but it's really just in name only. The guaranteed portion of Trent Brown's contract has already been paid out. Uh, So as a result of that, if the Raiders decided to walk away from Trent Brown, Uh, they're not going to take any kind of a salary cap hit. And that's something important uh, to understand because it makes it easier when you're a team and you're deciding, should we move on from this player or not? Because a lot of the time, what's ultimately going to, what's going to play into that decision is, well, if we walk away from him, how much is he going to cost us in terms of the salary cap hit? And so that's the question you have to ask. In Trent Brown's case, it's absolutely zero. So it makes him a strong likelihood to be a cap casualty uh, in addition to the fact that over the last two years, Trent Brown was paid roughly, what, $37 million, a little over $37 million in guaranteed money of the first two years uh, of the four-year $66 million contract that he signed with the Raiders. All of it was guaranteed over the first two two years. That's $37 million uh, that he got paid in full. And the problem with that is, or uh, 
as good as he was when he was on the field, and there's no disputing that, uh, uh, Trent Brown was a top-tier right tackle in the NFL, if not the best right tackle in the NFL, when he was on the field. But we all know that, unfortunately, getting Trent Brown on the field and keeping him on the field has been a bit of an issue uh, these last two years. And, and specifically last year, it was a huge issue. Trent Brown started and finished four games out of 16 last year. Uh, he played eight plays of another game. So he appeared in five games, completed four games, and made $21 million or so um, right around there. Uh, the year before, uh, he didn't get through the season. Uh, an injury uh, denied him the last, what was it, month of the season or so, uh, three games at least. Um, so as the Raiders are looking at this situation, they're looking at, A, all right, here's a player that when he's healthy, when he's right, and when he's on the field, he's delivering $14 million uh, worth of production. No question about it. He's that good. Uh, but as we just talked about, he, he just hasn't been able to get on the field enough to really justify the money that he's already made and the money that he's you know slated to make if he stays around. Uh, and as a result, the Raiders have to ask that question of themselves. Like, do we keep him? Was last year uh, an outlier? Was last year just a, a, a bad luck season uh, that he's going to move on from and uh, be okay next year and give us 16 games uh, that we can count on him delivering us? If so, he's worth the $14 million because when he's on the field, he's that good of a player. The question is, uh, will he do that? And that's what the Raiders have to ask themselves. There's no uh, um, exact way to answer that. They don't know. You don't know right now. Uh, he's working out. He looks good. Um, he's probably saying all the right things. He's probably telling them all the right things. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. I'll be fine. Uh, I'm going to give you 16 games. But until you know the season starts, there's no way to truly answer that question right now. So there's got to be a lot of instincts, um, reading the situation, knowing the player, uh, knowing you know how how hard that heart ticks uh, for the game, the passion uh, for the game, um, how intense that is, uh, and and those are questions that the Raiders have to ask. And here's Mike Mayock uh, talking about first uh, Trent Brown and where he sits right now in terms of being the 2021 right tackle for the Raiders. Yeah, Trent's whole thing is when he's when he's healthy, in shape, and ready to go, he's as dominant as any tackle in football, and he proved that early in the 2019 season. Since then, it's been kind of a roller coaster. So really what he needs to do, I think more than anything, is get himself in the best shape of his life and come out ready to prove that he is a dominant tackle in the National Football League. And, and really that's all it takes. If, if, if Trent gets in shape and stays committed – there's, there's not a better talent out there. And that's Mike Mayock talking about the positives of Trent Brown, uh, you know, the player that he is when he is actually out there. And there's no questioning that. We've seen it. You know, you see the difference that a Trent Brown makes when he's on the field. Um, but the Raiders can't just take for granted or assume that they're going to get that version of Trent Brown for 16 games and hopefully beyond. 
reach the playoffs from Trent Brown after what they saw these last two years, which is why as they meet day after day after day, hour after hour after hour here uh, at the facility in Henderson, those are questions that are being asked, or that's the key question that's being asked. Is he healthy? Is he ready to go? And is he going to deliver? Or is it going to be more of the same? And at least as we sit here a couple of weeks away from when the Raiders really have to make that decision on whether to hold on to Trent Brown uh, or or walk away from him, uh, it doesn't sound like they've come to a conclusion yet uh, on that question. And here's Mike Mack. Regarding Trent, you know, the jury's still out here. I, You know, he's under contract. And Again, we believe in the talent of that player. And uh, there'd be nothing finer than, you know, have Trent Brown at right tackle protecting Derek Carr next year, week one. Uh, But the jury's out, and we still have to make some decisions on our roster in general. Well, uh, and, and, and it's, it's a hard one. You know, I, I look, I don't run the Raiders, obviously. I cover the Raiders, and it's my job to kind of try to figure out what's going on so I can analyze it and write it in a way and talk about it in a way that makes sense uh, to, to Raider Nation and, and the readers of, of, of my stories and the listeners of this radio show. Uh, so it's something that I obviously have to think about myself because, you know, part of being a reporter is kind of putting yourself in people's shoes and trying to think like the people around uh, you think. And in this case, you try to think like Mike Mayock would be thinking. You try to think about, uh, you know, how John Gruden is thinking. And I have to say, and I'm sure Raider Nation probably feels the same exact way. I toss and turn when I think about what to do with Trent Brown. If I was Mike Mayock or if I was John Gruden, one day I feel like there's no way you could walk away from that good of a player. Uh, at right tackle and what he means to this run game, what he means to Josh Jacob, what he means to, uh, to, to Derek Carr. There's no way you can create that hole by walking away from him uh, and then try to figure out you know, who to replace him with. Um, there's just no way. But then there's other days where I'm like, but how do you know if it's, gonna, it's not going to be a repeat of last season? And if it's a repeat of last season, then the problem is twofold. Because A, you're not getting the player on a consistent basis. And B, you're paying him a whole lot of money to do nothing. And that's exactly what happened last year with Trent Brown. The Raiders paid him a ton of money and they got pretty much zilch in return. I'm not saying it was his fault. I'm not saying he didn't care. I'm not saying he doesn't have a passion uh, for football. I'm not saying he didn't want to be on the field. I'm not saying he doesn't want to be a Raider. I don't know any of those things to be true, so I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like I do and say so. I'm just not going to do it. What I would be thinking of, or what I am thinking of, as I try to put myself in, in, in the shoes of Mike Mayock and the shoes of John Jordan or uh, John Gruden, is, okay, what do I believe to be true? What do I think is true? I'm hearing, I'm sure I'm hearing Trent Brown tell me all the right things. Uh, I'm sure Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden have seen the videos of, of Trent Brown working out and putting the work in, which is great. You want to see that. There's no question about it. But how much of that is trying to convince your bosses that you're good to go, uh, just kind of for show, to trying to, you know, uh, 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 put your best foot forward at this time of year as they're contemplating this very, very, very important decision on what to do uh, at right tackle with Trent Brown, and how much of it is 
a prelude to what is going to happen in 2021. If the work that Trent Brown is putting in right now, getting into the best shape of his life, presumably, is going to pay off in a way next year where the Raiders can put can pencil Trent Brown uh, in the lineup and not even worry about it, not even give it a second thought. Uh, from August through February, <laughs> uh, if, if they reach the playoffs, they don't have to worry one iota whether or not Trent Brown is going to be in the lineup protecting um, you know, Derek Carr and plowing open holes uh, for for Josh Jacobs and and the other running backs. If if that's but but the, again, how do you answer that question? How do you know? You know, and and do you take that risk? The Raiders thought they were getting Trent Brown fully the whole season this time last year, and they got nothing of the sort. And it had an effect. As good as they were able to uh, manage it and mitigate it, his loss and his or his absence uh, in a way that kept that offensive line churning along fairly well, uh, it was still a, a huge challenge. There were times where the Raiders were down to their fourth right tackle, their fourth string right tackle. There were times where they had to move guards over to tackle uh, to fill that hole. You don't want to be in that situation. And maybe the answer is if you feel, if you have any kind of an inkling that that is going to be, again, the case in 2021, maybe you even take a lesser player than Trent Brown for the reliability factor that you might get from a different player that you don't believe that you're going to get in Trent Brown. I'm not saying that the Raiders have come to that conclusion. Obviously, talking to Mike Mayock today, the jury is still out. That leads you to believe that they have not yet made a decision. But I'll tell you this, they're thinking about it. When you're start talking about the jury still out, that means that people are, are have locked themselves in a room and are arguing uh, the point and are, and are trying to come up with some sort of an answer that's going to make sense and do the right thing for the Raiders. doesn't look like the Raiders have quite got there just yet, and really, we're only a week or so away from them having the judge is going to call them in and say, hey, look, we can't wait any longer. Uh, we need a decision, like right now. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Raider great Lincoln Kennedy. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You know, we've, we've got a, a first-round safety in John Abram. We've got a second-round corner, uh, and it, who it, we think is going to be a very good football player. Uh, we've got a fourth-round corner in Amik Robinson, another first-round corner uh, in Damon Arnett. You know, and we mentioned Trayvon Mullen in the second, who we think is going to be a heck of a player. So really, um, what we need more than anything is for all those players to take it up a notch or two. And I'm talking about commitment to the game, work ethic, perseverance, being in the locker room, working with your brothers. All those things are critical. We've expended some draft capital on what, what we think are some very talented players. Uh, and, and now all of them need to take a collective step forward. So the draft this year, again, we know we need to get better on defense, and we're going to make uh, we're going to get after it, trying to get better on defense, both in free agency and the draft. But I couldn't tell you today where we're, where we're going to be on any defensive backs. That was Mike Mayock, 
the Raiders general manager speaking today out at the facility in Henderson, which, oh, by the way, that's where I'm broadcasting from today. Uh, this beautiful uh, building here in West Henderson, I guess that's what it's considered, West Henderson. A lot of activity out here, construction going on as we speak right next door uh, to uh, the, the new training facility for the Las Vegas Mis- or Aces. And uh, the WNBA team uh, that Mark Davis, the Raiders owner, purchased and has a lot of pride in is built, uh, building a beautiful uh, training facility uh, for the Aces. And in addition to that, um, it's also the building that they're building. Uh, is that right? The building that they're constructing, the building that they're working on. Let's, let's make it uh, sound a little bit better. Um, right next door to us is also going to serve as the academy uh, for the Al Davis Eddie Robinson Academy, uh, which is the Raiders' um, grand uh, plan um, in order to ch- help uh, do their part um, to, to push forward uh, minority hiring, whether you're talking about you know coaching jobs, front office jobs, scouting jobs, um, you know uh, all the, the entire uh, hiring process, um, you know, here in the NFL with the NFL, but also, uh, in, in the, in the regular world as well. So I tip my cap to Mark Davis, uh, for putting his money, um, where his heart is and kind of, you know, uh, this, this, uh, Raider organization has always been defined by thinking outside the box and looking over, um, you know, looking beyond color and sex or anything like that. Uh, in order to make the best hires possible. Uh, They've always stood for that. They've always done that. And now they want to, uh, Mark Davis wants to continue the legacies began by by his father um, and and do his part uh, to try to uh, make sure that, you know, uh, uh, great minority candidates uh, are being developed and then put in the right place uh, to be hired um, as head coaches, general manager, uh, the whole gamut. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation, Raider Nation uh, guest line and bring in my good friend Sam Gordon uh, from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, you can catch his stuff at Vegas Nation, VegasNation.com. Uh, he always does a tremendous job. He was on the call today uh, with Mike Mayock and, uh, and, and Sam. Hearing, I don't know if you were on uh, to hear that clip uh, from, from Mike Mayock about the young defensive backs and about the expected step forward um, that, that you know, the Raiders are anticipating from this very, very, I try to stress this so much, the, this very young secondary that the Raiders have. And, you know, we all get caught up in first round picks, second round picks, young, young, you know, young players and promise and, and, and you know, potential. Uh, but we sometimes overlook the fact, Sam, that for, for 99% of the players that come into this league, any league for that matter, there's a learning curve. There's a maturation process. Uh, you know, guys don't always turn into stars overnight. They rarely do. Um, and, and so to expect that to have happened with this Raiders secondary all at once was not realistic. And, and hearing Mike Mayock talk about, you know, these young guys like the, uh, Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen and Jonathan Abram continuing to get better in every phase of being a professional – that's not anything unusual, and the good news, I think, is that he expects that to happen. Uh, what was your uh, take on, on, on what he said? And first of all, thanks for uh, joining us today in the huddle. Uh, Vinny, anytime, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I think, I think Mayock's spot on. Vinny, I, don't think it's, uh, I think it's, it's reasonable to expect a step forward. I mean, like you said, it's, yes, there are guys that come into the NFL and are stars day one that are awesome impact Players day one, we see it every year, year in and year out, and, and guys at, at different positions. But just because somebody isn't one of the best at their position or isn't an elite player or a pro Bowl player um, right away doesn't mean they can't grow into one. And, and now 
um, with with a new defensive staff, with with Gus Bradley on board, who has a track record, as we've touched on on your show and our podcast on VegasNation.com, the First and Ten podcast, he has a track record, a proven track record for player development. That's one of his kind of specialties is finding what guys are good at and helping them build on that while also addressing some weaknesses and, and helping them become better players within his scheme. So uh, I think there's still a lot of upside. And I think we saw some of that with Trayvon Mullen this past year. I think you saw it at times with Jonathan Abram, although he, he did have his issues in coverage and his issues with missing tackles. You saw what he could be at his best, which is an explosive player that can come downhill and make plays in the backfield and, and just kind of lead with, with his energy and with his passion uh, to play. And then in terms of David Arnett, uh, I still think the jury's out. Yes, he struggled, but he also was coming off of an injury. I mean, he played his whole senior season at, o- at Ohio State with a you know a wrist or hand injury or an arm injury, and then he has another one immediately into his rookie year. So uh, those kind of things, I think, uh, got in the way a little bit, but but it's it's certainly reasonable to expect a, uh, a step forward from this group uh, going into 2021. And frankly, Vinny, I think the Raiders need these guys to take a step forward because uh, the back end of that defense has struggled uh, throughout the course of the year last year. Um, as, we, as we've discussed, and uh, even though they did show promise and potential, those guys are going to need to take a step forward, regardless of what the Raiders do in the draft or free agency, to, to help round this defense out in a, into something that, you know, in a, in a average to above average unit. So uh, there's talent, there's upside, and it's, it's okay for it to take a little bit of time. I mean, these things don't always happen overnight, and, uh, and I would expect a step forward from these guys, um, the young guys in the secondary uh, as well in 2021. Yeah, and, and we're talking to Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, you, you bring up some good points, and and I, I know that you like the Lakers. You're a Laker, you know, uh, off to the side. You, you you've rooted for the Lakers. I used to cover the Lakers. I used to work for the Lakers. And you know, when I think of that, and I, and I try to explain this uh, to Raider to Raider fans, um, and and not use it as an excuse, but as kind of a valid explanation. Um, Let's go back three or four years ago when the Lakers had D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram and Jordan Clarkson yeah. and Julius Randle uh, and, and all of these players that are now players in the NBA. Like, there's some stars now out of that group. But collectively, when they were trying to put it together uh, at a young age in those first couple of years in the NBA, it didn't look good at all. And it wasn't indicative of their talent. It wasn't indicative of their work ethic necessarily. Um, it was indicative of it just doesn't happen overnight. And there's, we're not just even talking about performance on the field when you see them on Sunday or on game day. It's everything about making that transition from college to the next level uh, as far as getting in the weight room, nutrition, eating right, taking care of yourself, sleeping right, um, you know, being diligent in the, in the work room, being a good teammate, understanding what it takes to be a professional. It's not a knock that it doesn't happen right away. It's not a, uh, yeah. a knock. It's, 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 it's not like it's not going to happen because it didn't happen that first year. It's just kind of how it goes. And now you look at some of those players that a lot of fans were like, you know, wow, the, what a bust or wow, this guy can't play or, or cause they were judging it on, you know, those guys playing against grown men on NBA teams that had been together and, and been established in veteran teams. Now you look at those players and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. It didn't take, it didn't happen overnight, but it does happen uh, when you have talent. And I look at that young secondary and their struggles last year. That's what I was always thinking about. Like collectively playing young, that many young players on, at the same time, man, you're in, you're probably going to be in for a little bit of a learning curve. And that's exactly what happens. It seems to me anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's growing pains, right? And it's it's tough because fans and and there's you know there's expectations. Everybody sees you know the kind of impact guys like 
you know, the Chase Youngs of the world can have or day one when they step onto an NFL field or, or, or that these high-level rookies and everybody kind of wants, uh, wants that. And that's, that's not necessarily the norm. I mean, those guys are those elite players, guys who come in and are elite in year one and year two. I think those are more or less the, the outliers, right? Like you said, Benny, there's growing pains. Things are going to take time. There, there wasn't a normal offseason this past year. Now there's been a, a period to adapt. To, you know, there's been some adaptation to the coronavirus. We think things are improving and, and that things are going to be getting back to normal in the NFL and, uh, and that these guys are going to be able to have, these young players are going to be able to have a full offseason, a full offseason of development. There's film now. They know specific things they need to get better at and specific things that they need to address in order to become more well-rounded, successful players in the National Football League. And for me, um, I, like, like I said, Vinny, I think it's, it's, there, there's a reason these guys were taken in the first and second round, these young, these young defensive backs that, that are starting for the Rangers, is because there are physical tools. There is talent there. They proved that over the course of their college careers, and they, they, they had their moments at the NFL level, and I think those improvements are, are, are going to, to lend themselves to consistency and just kind of a more consistent outlook and approach on the back end of that defense. So uh, these things take time, and, uh, and there's, there's still plenty of upside there, and, and it's on the coaching staff. Uh, to, to tap into that now and to get the, these young players and on them during the offseason to make the requisite improvements. But it's on that collective to take a step forward and help this defense uh, become, become improve because, frankly, what we saw last year wasn't good enough. And I think there is real pressure going into 2021 to play more consistently and to play better. Without a doubt. And, yes, absolutely 1,000%. It's on them to do – you know, right to do the right things, to learn and to grow and to mature, uh, and be and to be better versions of themselves across the board. Having said that, um, there there there's a glaring hole at free safety right now, and the question becomes: uh, Do the Raiders add to it by adding another young player through the draft? Which I don't I don't uh, I I think that they will address safety somehow, some way in the draft. Uh, but as far as the guy that they want to be out there starting uh, when when the season kicks off in September, do they want it to be another young player, or is the best bet or the best approach trying to fix that position in a way that brings in a, an upgrade at free safety, but also adds some veteran leadership back there? If if I'm put, I'm asking you to put yourself in Mike Mayock's and and John Gruden's shoes, which would sure. you prefer, and 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 how would you uh, address free safety in in a way that maximizes uh, not just that position, but maybe, you know, uh, elsewhere around that player. Yeah, but I think if I'm Mike Mayock, I want a veteran there in the defensive backfield. I'm anticipating some growth from those young players, like we just talked about, but, but I want somebody who can be the kind of the quarterback of that secondary that's been there, done that, that's seen some things that's seen, you know, all the different kind of offenses out there and the different kind of looks and is familiar with a lot of these quarterbacks and receivers and skill position players. Uh, that are so good throughout the course of you know throughout the National Football League. I think there are plenty of other spots where 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 the Raiders can still continue to go young or look at things look at uh, different positions in the draft. Uh, I think defensive line, if if they want to address that in the draft, I would go that route. But because the defensive backfield is, is so young, I would personally want a veteran uh, back there. And there are options. I know a guy that you talked about, you and I have talked about on the podcast, with John Johnson with the Rams, a uh, big time player, big time player from the Rams. Been in the league a few years, you know, not necessarily a veteran, a vets veteran, but been around the block and been a part of some good defenses and has really been an anchor back there in that secondary. So somebody like him, somebody with that kind of experience, you know, 26, 27, 28, still young, but seasoned enough to, to, to add some savvy to this secondary. And then you round out the, the defense, the rest of the defense with, with, you know, through the draft or, or via free agency. 
Yeah, yeah. And John Johnson fills so many roles. I remember one time doing a story on him. He said, go check out how many positions I played in this previous game, you know. And he had literally played – he was like the cornerback in red zone. Uh, he put his hand in the ground to rush the passer on, on, on one play. He played special teams. He was a free safety, a strong safety. He lined up in the box uh, almost as a, as, a, as a linebacker. So, yeah, the, uh, he was in the slot as a cornerback in one formation. So he could definitely do it all, and, and I, I – I think the Raiders would be really, really wise if I'm if I'm Mike Mack. That's the first uh, person I turn to in free agency because uh, I think it would just create a lot of help, not just at that position, but again as an asset for Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen uh, and, and, and Jonathan Abram. Um, all right, so uh, uh, going to the other side of the ball, uh, a little news uh, broke today. Uh, it hasn't been confirmed uh, yet, uh, in spite of uh, various efforts to do so. But it sure sounds like. Um, Gabe Jackson uh, might not be here next year. Um, we've, we've talked about this a lot, uh, Sam, uh, the kind of purge that's going to happen around the NFL with the salary cap going down going down for the first time uh, in decades and teams needing to maneuver and manipulate their current commitments for 2021 in a way that gives them flexibility to be players in free agency and, heck, in some cases, just to get even on the salary cap or get slightly below the salary cap. Uh, so it's going to wreak havoc. There's going to be a lot of great players, good players that are on the open market. And it sure looks like Gabe Jackson is going to be one of those players. This is a dependable ver- player uh, that that adds a lot. He's kind of a pillar along the offensive line if it goes down that path. How big of a loss would that be for the Raiders to lose Gabe Jackson? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a loss in the sense that this is a guy who's been with the team since 2014, has been a, you know, started 100 games over the last seven years and was really a, um, you know, kind of a reliable veteran voice in that locker room. And, and, and you need guys like that. You need leaders like that. And, and uh, you know, he had been dealing with some injuries, but bounced back. I thought played really well. Um, you know, had his moments uh, throughout the course of the 2020 season. Would expect there to be a big market from, for him. But um, not necessarily a huge surprise, even though I do believe they'll miss his presence. Uh, he was due to make almost $10 million. And the Raiders are trying to clear out cap space. They have needs elsewhere. And if they believe that they can, they can replace him, whether it's with uh, by bringing back a Denzel Good or developing uh, John Simpson and continuing to advance, advance his development and move him to the right guard spot, uh, or, or surveying the free agent landscape, and, and maybe there's somebody at a better value. But uh, it's, 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 this is the nature of the business, and like you talked about, I, I think there's an expectation you know, around the league that there's going to be a lot of veterans and a lot of big-time players that are going to be free agents that are going to hit the open market just because of the nature of the salary cap restrictions. And, and I thought Mike Mayock touched on that today. You know, again, Vinny, as you said, he didn't, um, you know, confirm the, the Gabe Jackson news, but he just touched on uh, how challenging this off season in particular is going to be and how unprecedented it is because of how much the salary cap is moving back. And that you're going to see a lot of, a uh, lot of big names out there on free, in free agency, a lot of veteran players and, and, and Gabe Jackson, uh, is one of those guys for the Raiders again? I, I think he's you know he's only, he's not even thirty yet. Still has some good football uh, ahead of him, but it looks like it's going to be in another uniform, and, and the Raiders are going to have to uh, you know do some do some reshuffling. I think in spite of the struggles this team has had the last uh, couple years, the offensive line has always been pretty steady or a strength of the team, and and he's been a big part of that. So uh, I do think they'll miss him, and, and they'll miss some of the continuity that he had with that group up front, but uh, but it's it's the nature of the business, and it, it makes sense that they want to clear up that cap space and explore options uh, elsewhere. Yeah, and uh, if you move, depending on uh, what, the, uh, what the what the play is, uh, just a few inches or maybe about a foot or so to his right, uh, Gabe Jackson's right is a big man by the name of Trent Brown, uh, the Raiders' yeah. right tackle. Uh, how surprised were you um, 
you know, I asked Mike Mayock, you know, kind of where they could 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 he say whether or not you know Trent Brown essentially what the question was is is Trent Brown going to be the tackle right tackle in twenty twenty one, and basically you know he said the jury's still out on on, on Trent Brown and it, it's interesting to me that these conversations that we're having you know whether it's on our podcast uh, or the radio show or just shooting the you know what on what the heck to do with Trent Brown um, it sure looks like the Raiders are having those same exact conversations. Yes, it does. And I was, um, yeah, that was definitely one of the big takeaways from the press conference today, Vinny, was that Mayock, you know, acknowledged that, at that publicly. And, uh, there, I think there is going to be a, a trade market for him. Uh, he's based on what we've seen. I know it's just, it's just social media and, and Instagram and things like that, but he's working out. And, uh, he understands, I think, that, uh, that he, in order for him to be the best version of himself, he has to be in great shape. And that's something Mayock touched on on the press conference. We can certainly say, uh, this past year he wasn't in the best of shape and struggle to stay healthy and can never really find his footing. But when he is healthy and when he is locked in and focused, as we've seen uh, historically in the NFL in 2019 with the Raiders and even before that with the Patriots, this is one of the best uh, right tackles in the league, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. So with that, uh, if he's playing and playing up to his standards, he is every bit worth the, the $14 million, uh, that he is due to make, or 14 or 15 between there, whatever the precise number is. It's just that I don't think the, from the Raiders' perspective, I don't think he's been worth that for them these past couple of years because he hasn't been on the field. Only played sixteen to thirty-two games, but uh, it's if 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 he if they do make a move with him, whether it's uh, a trade or whether uh, they, they part ways with him and, and get off the rest of the contract because they paid off the guaranteed money, it's it's going to be a lot to replace. I mean, right right tackle is a super important position. I think these games are won and lost in the trenches, and I, I'd be hard pressed to to see them find uh, a surefire better option than Trent Brown, but if, if you can clear out that, that cap space and, and disperse that around players or two players uh, that help you elsewhere and make you a better overall football team, it would be very understandable. So um, definitely something to monitor, definitely something we're going to be all over uh, these next few days and, and coming weeks as we get into free agency. Um, but it, it sure looks like there's a real possibility, Vinny, that that whole right side of the offensive line may be brand new in 2021, and you're going to have to go through that process of establishing that continuity um, all over again. All right, so I'm going to ask you what I asked Mike Mack. Is Trent Brown going to be the uh, starting right tackle for the, for the Raiders on uh, opening day? My gut feeling is no. Uh, I don't believe he is. That's, that's a gut feeling I've had uh, throughout the course of the offseason, especially seeing the way 2020 ended and, and because he wasn't super available. Um, he just, just the return on the investment hasn't been what the Raiders had hoped it would be. You, you, they, they paid him to be the best right tackle in the NFL. While he's been very good while he's out there, he hasn't been out there, hasn't been available there's plenty of other holes on this roster, and, and that, that is a big number uh, to commit to somebody that, that hasn't necessarily been available for you the past couple of years. So gut feeling, no, they look to move on, they retool. I don't know whether if that's through free agency or whether that's through the draft, or maybe both. Um, I think offensive linemen, offensive line is a position where you could never be too deep at, at tackle or guard and, and having multiple versatile guys. And, and it would not shock me if the Raiders try and address uh, the offensive line again in the draft in April, I'm sure they're doing their due diligence and and, uh, and scouting top offensive linemen because you know even on the other side, Richie Incognito, although it sounds like his rehab is going well, he's uh, approaching 40 years old and has been in the league a long time. So it's it, it would make sense to do some retooling here and, and the move off of Brown um, for the Raiders. And uh, I do not believe he will be the starting right tackle in 2021. Trent, if you're listening, you can find Sam Gordon at by Sam Gordon if you have anything to say to him. Um, but but uh, actually, I, I I agree with you. I think there's still a few weeks to you know obviously to make this decision. Yeah. 
and it wouldn't be surprise surprising uh, at all if the Raiders uh, actually uh, you know found a, a trade market uh, for Trent Brown. I think that would be that might actually be the best of both worlds. We'll see uh, where how it all uh, unfolds. Sam, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Uh, always appreciate the insight. Take care of yourself. I'll see you down the road, my brother. All right, sounds good, Benny. Appreciate you having me. Take care. You got it. That's Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and uh, his gut feeling tells him Trent Brown will not be uh, the right tackle for the Raiders uh, next year. And if that's the case, and if what we heard today about Gabe Jackson is true, is accurate, that he's on his way out, then Derek Carr is going to be looking at entirely different right side of the offensive line. How scary might that be? Ooh, we'll see. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and, t- and uh, uh, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. I was gonna get, I was gonna say Vinny Bonsignor and Tequila Embajador, which I, it, it's not that late yet. Uh, that's for later on today after I get off. Anyway, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle on a Wednesday from Henderson, the Raiders' beautiful practice facility. Uh, not just practice facility, they do everything here. This is where the organization uh, is run, uh, and it's it's top-notch. Uh, I just got to say that it is beautiful. It really is beautiful. If you're in the Las Vegas area uh, and you're t- you know driving up from Cali, uh, get off the 15 at St. Rose, take a right, uh, and you're going to run right uh, next to it. Uh, you'll, you'll see it uh, coming off the horizon. It is a beauty, and you can see it from all over Henderson um, as you climb up in the hills. Uh, over here. So uh, good stuff, Mark Davis. Good stuff, Mark Bedane, uh, who put all of this together. Uh, it is is quite the sight. And I fully contend uh, that this building here that I'm sitting in right now and, and the one not too far from us, uh, about 11 miles away uh, over off the Strip Allegiant Stadium, uh, to me, those are things that obviously money always talks <laughs> first and foremost when it comes to free agency and things like that. Uh, but facilities and opportunities and, and where you're living, all of that also plays a role. And I don't think the Raiders could be situated any better uh, than Las Vegas and nothing uh, against the Bay Area, nothing against my former home in Los Angeles. But this is not a bad place to be whatsoever uh, in Las Vegas. It is coming, and it's a coming in a big way. I fully expect the NBA to be here fairly soon Uh and I won't roll, roll out Major League Baseball here eventually uh, either. So this is a growing town, and it's getting bigger by the day. Really, really beautiful out here. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line because Raider T uh, wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider T? Hey, Vinny. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you very much. Hey, I want to talk about Gabe Jackson and Trent Brown for a second. Um, it kind of follows up on my call yesterday with Alec Ingold. Um Gabe Jackson, I'm a fan of that guy. And if they could, I, I don't think they're going to be able to um, bring him back at a reduced price. But if they could, I'd like to see him back at a price that works for the team. Trent Brown, on the other hand, I, I'm just not convinced that guy's number one priority is football. Um, and you know what? I, I saw a story today that they were shopping him around, trying to trade him. And that was, as far as I'm concerned, that's good news. I know the guy is super talented. 
He may be the most physically talented right tackle in the league, but I'd rather bring back a guy that's an above-average guy that's got a mean, nasty demeanor and football and his teammates are the priority, just like Alec Ingold. When that dude was trying to play with uh, broken ribs or bruised-up ribs, it shows you that guy's commitment, and that's the kind of guy that that Mayock and Gruden have said they want to bring in. Guys, that football's their number one thing, and and um, you know that was one of the reasons yesterday I talked about guys like Littleton and Heath. I'm not uh, you know closing the book on those guys. I'm giving those guys a long leash to prove themselves, and I'm not you know closing the door on them. But as far as I'm concerned, Trent Brown, he's had two years, um, and he's shown his true colors. And I don't know if you feel differently or. If I understand before the guy actually is no longer a Raider, it's difficult to say something negative about him. But if they get rid of him and bring somebody else in, I, I won't complain. Yeah, uh, you know, what, what do they say? Uh, availability is uh, is every bit as important, if not more so, than talent because talent goes nowhere if you're not out, uh, out there playing. And when you look at Trent Brown, um, he played uh, – let me look at this. Uh, he played 11 games in uh, 2019, so I think it was the last four games that he missed. Uh, let's just say the last four. Um, I have to look back at his game logs. Uh, so so basically he's played nine games uh, over, and, and really that fifth game or, or one of those games uh, was just eight plays uh, this year. So, so let's just say he's made about eight starts now over the last – how many weeks? 16, 17, 18, 19, over the last 20, 21 weeks? That's that's not good, man. That's, uh, you know, for that kind of money, uh, that's not good. And, and the, what, what makes it doubly worse is that he's really good. So you're getting one thing when he's out there and something entirely different when he's not out there. It just makes the loss that much deeper, cut that much deeper. Um, so do you go into uh, a season again with that kind of uncertainty with a guy that's only played, you know, roughly eight games over the last 21 some odd weeks? Ugh, I don't know. Uh, that's a lot to ask. And uh, it's a big um, uh, you in terms of uncertainty uh, when you're talking about a Raider team that wants to make a big move next year. And they have to figure out a way to make sure that that offensive line for the most part, is going to stay healthy and be intact. It's a huge, huge bonus uh, when you could get an offensive line that run. you could run the same line out there week after week after week, and they certainly couldn't do that last year. You're in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila Embajador.